Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Organ and Tissue Donation in partnership with Donate Life. I'm your host, Michael Billings, and it's a special time on the calendar for Donate Life because from July 25th to August 1st, it's Donate Life Week. And as part of this important initiative, Donate Life is running the great registration race through all of July and August. The aim? To encourage up to 100,000 more Australians to join the Australian Organ Donor Register. We'll get to today's guest shortly, but before that, I want to remind you that I do this podcast in the hope that after listening, you'll do two things. Sign up to be an organ donor at donatelife.gov.au. It only takes a minute and all you need is a Medicare card. And also talk to your family about your desire to be an organ donor. Both those things are just as important as each other and just one organ or tissue donor can transform the lives of many people. I'll remind you at the end of the episode, but for now, here's my guest for today, Dr. Graham Pollock. Director of the Lions Eye Donation Service, Centre for Eye Research Australia at the University of Melbourne. Dr Pollock, thank you for joining me on the podcast. It's a pleasure. Now, tell us a bit about yourself and what your role involves. Okay, well, I'm uh, currently the uh, Director of the Lions Eye Donation Service in Melbourne, which is an eye bank that provides uh, corneas for transplantation, uh, primarily in Victoria and Tasmania. Uh, but we also do um, uh, provide corneas also Australia-wide and across to New Zealand as, as well. I've been in that position for the last 30 years when we uh, created the, the iBank in Melbourne way back in July 1991. So, in fact, this month is our 30th anniversary. What does a typical day look like for you in this job? Well, at the moment for me, I'm, uh, I'm more at the, uh, at the leadership uh, managerial level, but uh, for the uh, for the eye bank itself, um, we uh, we receive uh, a number of referrals each day from a variety of uh, of uh, places such as acute care hospitals, uh, palliative care units, um, directly from the community um, that are referrals for uh, potentially for eye donation. Our coordinators. Uh, then would uh, review those cases. Um, the coordinators then, if appropriate, seek consent to go ahead with donation. And our coordinators actually then uh, travel out from the uh, from the bank um, that's in the centre of Melbourne um, out to wherever the donor is and actually does a surgical retrieval um, themselves from the from the donor. Uh, within the eye bank itself, uh, we're then evaluating. Uh, eyes and corneas uh, during the day. We're placing them in um, in preservation media that uh, that holds them and from uh, uh, from the donor until the corneas are transplanted. And we're also uh, looking uh, after the allocation of those corneas out to uh, out to recipients. So we're uh, we're a service that runs right through from the identification of potential donors. Uh, right through to the allocation of those corneas for transplantation. So you keep using the term eye bank. I imagine this isn't like other organ donations where you need to have a recipient straight away with eyes. Are you able to retrieve them, then hold them until you find someone who's a match for that eye? Yeah, it's not quite like that. We are in the fortunate position that we can store the corneas a little bit longer than you can store a kidney, for example. But we are still limited in our in our storage time. So the maximum amount of time that we can store a cornea is 30 days. Most, uh, most corneas are actually transplanted within two weeks from the, from the donor's death. 
And um, also, depending on the storage method you use, sometimes it can be as little as uh, is uh, one or two days after the donor's death. So we're not a bank in the sense that we store things long term. We're a bank in the sense that we're we're undertaking a lot of, uh, I guess you could put it, undertaking a lot of transactions continuously all the time. What sort of conditions are we talking about when it comes to the eyes? Yeah, the most uh, the most common one in Australia now is a condition called uh, Fuchs dystrophy. And uh, Fuchs dystrophy is a... Um, inheritable disease. It um, affects the, the rear of the cornea and essentially the cornea becomes opaque. When the cornea becomes opaque, no light enters the eye so you don't see. The other main condition that uh, we're not, we don't see so much of anymore because there are some other therapies for it, but it's keratoconus, um, which is actually a young person's disease. Again, probably inheritable. And um, it's where the cornea goes out of shape. And uh, when the cornea goes out of shape, the cornea is actually the primary lens of the eye. So um, an out-of-shape cornea means that, again, uh, whilst the light enters the eye, it doesn't actually make any images in the eye. And um, as I said, that's a young person's disease, so most people that require a transplant for keratoconus are usually somewhere from um, their mid-teens through to about their 30s. For Fuchs dystrophy, it's a slightly older group of patients. They're usually um, somewhere from their 40s through to their uh, their 70s. Tell us a bit about the eye donation process, because I understand it's really just popping a whole new eye in. One donation can be broken down to several people. That's that's right. We talk about eye donation because in uh, uh, most most commonly it's actually the whole eye that is donated, and there are two parts of um, of that eye that can actually be used for transplantation. Uh, one is the cornea, which is the very front part of the eye, uh, that if you look sideways at, at someone, you can sort of see a clear bulge out the front of the eye. That's actually the cornea. And so that's part of the eye that can be transplanted. Uh, the other part of the of the eye that uh, that can be used is the, um, is the sclera. Now, that's the white part of the eye that you can see. Um, the sclera we use for reconstructive surgery, like for people that have had their their eye removed, for instance, because they've got cancer in the eye or something like that. And also uh, sclera is used um, in some surgery that uh, is used to treat glaucoma as, as, as well. So we, uh, we of course, have um, – each of us have two corneas. We can actually, depending on the, on the surgery, we can actually also um, use – um, several pieces of, of um, sclera. Um, so one donation can actually benefit up to, uh, up to 10 people. Let's talk numbers for a minute. How many people are currently waiting on some form of transplant to improve or bring back their vision? Yeah, we're very, very lucky in Australia because we generally don't have long uh, waiting lists for a, for a, a transplant as we do with organ transplants. And by that I mean is that every one of the corneal transplants that's performed in Australia is performed as scheduled surgery. And the reason for that is that we have enough enough, uh, donors. Australians are very, very good at donating uh, their eyes and their corneas for transplantation. We have enough donors to to meet the need within any any given week of the year. 
So um, we don't have a waiting list per se. In fact, the waiting list for for uh, for people waiting for uh, for corneal transplants is more a function of the health system, like as like as if you'd wait for a uh, knee surgery, for example, uh, rather than a, a function of uh, of waiting for a corneal donor to come along. Having having said that, there's more people that require a corneal transplant each year in Australia than all other forms of organ transplantation combined. And uh, But we're very, very fortunate that, um, that, that corneal donation is, in fact, the most common form of um, donation after someone dies. And um, we're very, very happy to say that in Australia, we're one of a handful of nations in the world um, that's able to provide um, enough corneas for, for transplantation. How many transplants were done last year? Um, Australia-wide, we did um, uh, 2,500 transplants. In Melbourne alone, we did uh, 530. So um, that, of course, is, uh, is more than one per day. Uh, th- the number of, uh, of corneal donors last year in Australia was um, almost uh, 1,500. Interestingly enough, and it, it probably shows you a little bit of, of, the, of the growth of uh, corneal transplantation and the growth of, of eye donation, that those figures are actually higher in 2020, even after all our uh, lockdowns and all our elective surgeries being cancelled, etc. It's actually higher than it was in 2019, um, just by, just by a, a, a few numbers. But um, we're seeing each year uh, over the last decade a growth of uh, about 5% per year in the number of corneal transplants that we, that we do each year. Now, for most organ donation, there's so many planets that have to align, like people have to die in the ICU and things like that. But I'm led to believe eye donations are a bit different. Uh, yeah, we, we, certainly, um, we certainly do have a large number of, of, of eye donors that, are, that have also been organ donors, so that's a, that's a certain percent. But um, the majority of our eye, eye donors are, um, are donations um, after cardiac arrest, circulatory arrest. So these certainly occur, um, they, they may occur within an ICU, but they certainly occur in, in all types of scenarios, in, in wards, even out in the community. So we, we have after the person's death up to 24 hours to, to, to actually do the, to perform the donation. The other um, issue is that we're not concerned about most types of um, of cancers that are, if a person has got a cancer, we would still accept them for uh, for donation. The exceptions there being people that have uh, blood cancers or people that have um, disseminated melanomas, they're, they're still excluded. But other than that, the potential for donation uh, of, of eyes is, is very, very much more than the potential for, for organs. And um, that certainly is, is, is one of the reasons that, um, that we have so much corneal donation. It's, uh, we know, um, for example, you'll, you'll hear um, spoken of, you know, maybe one and a half to two percent of people die in circumstances that are suitable for, for organ donation. Uh, we know from, um, from uh, studies from, from on corneal donation that it's probably more like 50 to 60% of people that die in, uh, in one of our hospitals 
um, would be suitable for, for eye donation. I know that even in death, people can have some hang-ups about their eyes. Even if they're willing to sign up to be organ donors, people are just a bit funny about their eyes. But I'm led to believe that people who donate their eyes can still, for example, have open-casket funerals. What other misconceptions are there out there about eye donation? Yeah, I, I, I think people are, re- are reluctant um, sometimes. And um, it's, it's a very um, emotional almost... Um, it's 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 not a feeling that people can necessarily put in into rational term terms, but nevertheless, uh, people are a little little bit funny about eyes, and 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 it probably is because when we relate to someone, we often relate to them through their eyes. You know, we we we, you know, we're gazing into our lover's eyes, for example. <laughs> Um, so, so eyes are, are something that we know what they look like, and and we have an emotional engagement um, with with them um, and and with the people. But um, the interesting thing about eye donation is that it's the only form of um, of donation where there's actually no skin incisions at all. And so, after the eyes have been donated, uh, the eyelids are, are simply shut. The uh, the person looks exactly as they did beforehand. Um, there's no wounds at all, and so um, certainly there's uh, there's no reason not to have an open casket funeral, for example. I, I do certainly know of a um, uh, a little anecdote. I certainly know of a um, of a lady who donated her husband's eyes and had an open casket funeral. And she called us a few days after the uh, the funeral to chastise us because she said that um, we hadn't come along and retrieved her husband's eyes. Um, and indeed, we, we most certainly had retrieved her husband's eyes. So I, th- I think that gives you an indication of um, there's, there's, there's no issues about appearance. Now, I know another common thing in older people is the thought of, I'm too old, my organs wouldn't be of use to anyone, but I'm led to believe that in some cases, older corneas could be better. Yeah, for the last decade or so, there's been several new approaches to corneal transplantation. Corneal transplantation is a very old form of trans- in- transplantation. In fact, it's the it's the first form of uh, of human to human transplantation. If you if you don't consider uh, uh, except for except for blood transfusion, and actually goes back to nineteen oh five. In Australia, we've been doing corneal transplants since the nineteen forties, but pretty much for one hundred years, corneal transplantation the the technique was uh, was exactly the same, and that was that you, you used to transplant the full thickness of the cornea. Uh, in the last decade, we've gone down into transplanting just layers of the cornea, little microscopes, microscopic layers. In fact, um, some of them are only 12 microns thick. Very, very uh, small and very difficult to handle. And of course, everything done under operating microscopes. In those particular instances, it is actually better to have older donors because um, the the handling of the tissue from older donors is actually easier. So it's actually easier for the surgeon to handle, um, to, to transplant that, that tissue. So um, for a type of transplant we call the DMEC, um, which for those that are interested stands for decimase membrane endothelial keratoplasty, we actually prefer donors that are over 60 years of age. 
What's the oldest donor that you know of? The oldest one that I've personally done is it was, was 93 years old. But, um, but certainly I've heard from, um, I think even within Australia, I think, I think we've had a donor that's certainly been 100. Wow, that's really good to hear. So there's really no excuse of, I'm too old, my organs and tissue aren't of use. Uh, that's, that's absolutely correct. In fact, we, we certainly know of um, a number of years ago, we had a patient uh, that came in to be um, retransplanted. She had actually had the same cornea, uh, and this is in the early 2000s. She'd had that same cornea in place since she was transplanted in 1953. And uh, the estimates, although we didn't actually know what the age of the of the donor was, the the patient told us that she'd heard that the donor was uh, was in their seventies at the time, back in nineteen fifty three. So we figured that the cornea with, that we were replacing was actually um, some, something like about one hundred and twenty to one hundred and thirty years old. Wow, the human body is just amazing, isn't it? It is extraordinary, really. Yes. Now, you work with the Lions Eye Donation Service at the Royal Victorian Ear and Eye Hospital at Melbourne University, but is the process of signing up to donate your eyes any different than your other organs, or are you still going to donatelife.gov.au? You still go go to donatelife.gov.au. Dr Pollock, I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. I'm going to finish by asking you the same question I ask everyone who comes on the podcast. What would you say to someone who was thinking about signing up or unsure about signing up to be an organ donor? Well, I think that the, the 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 impact of donation on people's on people's lives on on recipients' lives is is remarkable, and uh, as are the success rates of transplantation. And so, you know, one donation, and here I'm talking specifically about uh, about eye donation. One one eye donation can literally give two people back their sight. And I think we all know what the impact in our lives of, of, being, of, of having good sight is. And um, so, so the impact of that type of donation is actually massive. Dr Pollock, thank you so much for your time today. Okay, thank you very much. I hope after hearing Dr Pollock, the Director for the Lions Eye Donation Service, Centre for Eye Research Australia at Melbourne University, you might go to donatelife.gov.au and sign up to be an organ donor as part of Donate Life Week and also talk to your family about your wishes. If you enjoyed the podcast, then give it a review or a rating and maybe share it on your social media. I hope it swayed you to become an organ donor and I hope you'll make the decision to donate life.